we're here together. We're talking about building, talking about building. We talked about this series uh, before this year began, and uh, so God understood everything that was going to be happening. It was Jesus, when he came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, he said, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Some, that's what some of them say. He said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Does anybody know who Jesus is this morning? Anybody got that figured out? Any, anybody want to know him just a little bit better than maybe you already do? You already have that revelation? Peter got the revelation. Said Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, There's a prophetic word and a promise attached. He said, Blessed art thou Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And, he said, I'm not, I'm not going to stop there. He said, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Aren't you grateful to be a, a part of God's will this morning? That God is building his church? Is that building construction, that building action hasn't finished? It's not completed? He hasn't kind of opened the door for viewing pleasure? He's still working on the church right now. I'm grateful for everybody we've got, but he's not finished yet. If you've got an unsaved loved one, somebody say thank God. If you've got an unsaved loved one, someone say thank God. He's not finished yet. It's not complete. It's not over. He's going to. He will build his church. And as long as we're here, the building construction's at work. It's in progress. God is working. And he's building the church. I'm thanking God for that. And, someone say and. The gates of hell shall not, shall not, shall not. It's okay if I say it three times. Jesus did all the time. He wanted to emphasize it. He said, shall not prevail against it. If you're part of the church and the enemy comes in, have a little reminder handy. Say, the gates of hell shall not prevail. They're not going to be able to hold back. They're not going to be able to withstand. The wall isn't going to be able to hold up. I'm telling you what, this morning the church is going forward. The church is onward, advanced. The church is growing. The church is in action. The, come on, God's not finished yet. He's still building layer upon layer. He's still building. Come on, the staging's been erected. The drywall's been put up, but he's not finished building this morning. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I love the reminder. I appreciate it very much. And I'm glad you're here because that tells me that you believe it too. I'm glad you're with us online. Why don't you find uh, that little share button and take a moment and share this service. Don't share it to CCC members. We're already all here anyway. Share it with your friends this morning. Not because of the preacher, but because of the product. I believe in the product today. I'll give you one second to do that. Find your mouse, find your, find your tablet, find your phone. Take a minute. I believe that God wants to speak this morning. Trusting Him for that. Thank you for being with us in service. Father, we've already prayed this morning. God, at the beginning, the middle. God, before this word goes forth, I'd ask that you'd one more time examine our heart. I pray that one more time you'd seek those things in our spirit that shouldn't be there, show them to us. I pray, God, that you put a guard at our mouth, God. Let your word be spoken. God, let your voice be heard, I pray. Cover us. 
challenge us, God. Convict us if necessary this morning. We give you all the praise and all the glory because you alone are worthy. Someone say, build. You may be seated today. I've had the privilege of being a part of this incredible church, CCC, for the past 18 and a half years. Much of that time, many parts of our building have been looking like what you see the main sanctuary looking like right now. We've been in construction phases. We call it building. Many elements to building. There's uh, ideas which turn into plans and plans that turn into materials and materials turn into contractors and construction. And then before long, the idea becomes a reality and the building is completed. There are many elements to to building a building, but there are also many elements to building the church. And God has told us that he would build his church. And like any building program, it's not without effort. It's not without toil. It's not without sweat on our brow. It's not without the time that it takes to to undergo the building project, the building plans, the building activity. That, That all happens. It's about building. So sometimes to connect ourselves with the idea about building we we need to remind ourselves of of what exactly happens with building well let me just tell you a little bit about about some of the things that that we've done here you know I've got it's hard for me not to start dragging all these props out into the middle of the stage and and I I already had to do a, a quick check on on dust because not everybody may know that we're in the middle of a building project and the pews are dusty and the floors dusty and the pla- I laid my coat on the platform I had to shake my coat out it was just full of sawdust and dust and that's just part of it that's just part of the the building program but uh you know we we've started in many different areas of our church and completed different builds some of the things that we built we've actually uh, gone through the whole phase where we deconstructed so that we could use that part of the building for other purposes and other plans. I, I think one of the first building projects that we undertook was this upper balcony boardroom right up, up here. That, that was an easy one. We basically uh, brought in a couple of dumpsters, threw all the junk away, had the ceiling painted. We hung some lights. We carpeted the floor, painted the walls. That, that was, uh, we thought it was a huge project back then, Pastor. That was probably about the simplest one we ever done. That's bad English, but... Good truth. It was uh, that simple little project. We were bolstered with confidence because of our simple to-dos. And, um, and I think with the help of Martin Richard, he's here this morning. Martin, Martin was uh, part of our, our building program. Martin Richard helped us. And, and we decided that we were going to move on to major construction. That was the Kid Stuff stage for our new Sunday morning Kid Stuff program. And we demolished a few Sunday school classes. We went into the stage complete with lighting and sound booth and big CRT TVs, backstage hallways. Oh, it was major. It was major construction. I, I don't think that we ever finished that construction. We tore it down before it was done. The back walls of the hall were never drywalled. The, it was, you know, but there we were bolstered. We thought we, um, well, Martin was probably the most competent builder of us all. But here, here we stand today, some 15 years later, and we're still, you know, you know, I think we would have loved for our theme scripture to be, and the Lord spake unto Moses, pastor, saying, see, I have called by name Bezalel, 
Jack, the son of Uri, Victor, the son of Hur, Jarvis, of the tribe of Kingston. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge, in all manner of workmanship. I, I wanted to live that verse, but the reality would kick pretty hard. And years later, as I look back, I think the better pick for a verse would be Lamentations 3 and 22. It's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. That would be our theme verse. A few of the highlights over the past few years of errors that we've made. We've had stitches. We've had cuts. We've had bruises. We managed... We managed one week or two weeks before Pastor Justin McKenzie got married. We managed to clock him. <laughs> clock him with a crowbar. <laughs> which left him with a nice cut over his eye for all of his wedding pictures. Thank God for Photoshop. Thank God for Photoshop. Um, I made the mistake of picking up a tool that I've been using, not knowing that someone had replaced the one and a half inch nails with two and a half inch nails. And where there had been no problem before. Nailing trim on a board, <clears throat> I used it and put my hand behind, and when I pulled the trigger, I realized that the nails that I had been using were no longer the nails in the gun because it went through the material right through my finger. Managed to nail myself to the content that <clears throat> we were building right on, right on in and through. We've accidentally shot out fluorescent bulbs with the nail gun framing nailer, and and uh, I, I just have a whole list. Pastor Matt, I remember one of the first weeks that he worked with us, he was going into the youth chapel construction wing, and he went to put his hand up on the side door, and uh, unbeknownst to him, he kind of jumped over, hopped over the barricade, and when he did, there was a drywall screw that was there. He caught his hand on the drywall screw, and all of the weight of his body came down on that, and oh yeah, that first week, he was pointing his fingers instead of lifting the load. We just, you know, the things that we did, I, I, I've claimed our motto is dumb enough to try and too stupid to quit. And that's been a humorous take on some of our past. However, the truth is that many of the, those errors could have been avoided if we had had knowledge. If only we could go back in time of the things that we have built twice because we didn't get it right the first time. And I won't even talk about the things we built three times or maybe four times. If we could retrieve the cost of the errors, Eric would be so glad. It's only because of our reduced cost of labor that we came ahead. It was those first few projects that we got smarter and then we got really smart and invited our good contractor friend Lloyd to come and he wore the white hat and we became the work crew and then the projects got much, much smoother. You see, Lloyd's 50 years of experience paid us back in so many ways, his wisdom, his learning, his experience. I, I was in the, the sanctuary this week, and they were moving a heavy load of all this drywall was on a cart, and they were shuffling that cart around, and, and we were in mid-conversation right here, and we were talking about something else, and then he just stopped, stepped sideways, and says, uh, watch that load, guys. You're on the heavy side of the load. Watch that load. And then we continued talking. And, and then just about five seconds later, he stepped back right in the mid-conversation. Hey, guys, watch that load. I, I'm going to guess that, that he has seen that load tip over on that cart more than one time. And, and he was ensuring that his guys were safe. Let me tell you what that word was. That was a word of understanding. That was a word of knowledge. You is for understanding. We're talking about build. Someone say you. You, you is for understanding. 
I'll use that word. It's understanding. I, I get a kick out of what Lloyd says sometimes. He says, well, it's 20000 if you don't help. And, and if you guys do help, it's 30000 That's probably more true than not. It's understanding. It's the wisdom of Solomon that comes to us with the image of a wise father and a learning son. He said, hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. Someone say understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my laws. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also. And said unto me, let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. There's value in understanding. There's value, let me, let me put it to where we're at this morning. There's value in, under, in, in listening to someone else's understanding. Experience is the opportunity to learn from somebody else's mistakes. And live, he said. And live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not. And she shall preserve thee. Love her and she will keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom. Now listen, listen. And with all thy getting, get understanding. If there was a verse that could connect to our generation, we are so consumed with getting. But Solomon said, down through the ages, he told us today, with all of thy getting, get understanding. Don't, don't, miss, uh, don't miss the opportunity to receive the wisdom. Don't miss the opportunity to receive truth. Don't, get, don't miss the opportunity to, to hear wisdom and understanding. He said, exalt her and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor. When thou dost embrace her, she shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. Someone say grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not shall not be straightened and when thou runnest thou shalt not stumble take fast hold of instruction let her not go keep her for she is thy life the the, the power in wisdom and the power in understanding is released through the wisdom of Solomon. He, he, you know it, it's one thing we, we kind of joke a little bit about it this morning it's one thing to nurse a wound you maybe can afford a few errors in, in safety your body, as temporal as, as it is, is designed to heal. Wounds heal, and they leave us with those scars as reminders. Don't do that again, dummy. Don't do that again. Wounds heal and leave us with those scars, and so we have the opportunity to live and to learn. You know, you can afford a, a few errors in cost calculations and, and redoing things a couple of times. You can kind of afford that. Our, our overall good management will help us overcome those mistakes. You can afford some time for an error, you, the time that it takes to rebuild or, or redraw or go back to the drawing board and do it over again. You, you can afford that. Sometimes you can call more people around the table to help. You can call in the pros and get the job done. Sometimes Sometimes that has to happen, but the one thing that you cannot afford to be wrong with is eternity. It's only one life, and so soon it's going to pass, and only what's done 
for Christ is going to last. So it concerns me sometimes that we hear so much about how to clean joy and happiness, the benefits and the blessing about the fruit of the Spirit or learning to do something better and learning to receive. And, and we, we do all want love, joy, peace. We want power and authority. We want all that. But I get alarmed when, when I hear a lot about confession, but I see very little contrition sometimes. I get concerned when we refuse to heed the word of wisdom or we refuse to allow knowledge to come our way and we don't heed it and we refuse to hear it. That concerns me sometimes. We're so interested in learning the very little thing that we want to learn about. We, uh, we get a little tutorial online. We, we follow somebody that's doing what we would like to do. We, we get a YouTube video clip. We, we get on Pinterest. We get on, I don't know what your, your go-to source is, but I, can, I, can I remind you that, that the still the most important thing that you can do with your week is found between the pages of this book right here. The most important thing that you can learn, you're not going to find it online unless someone has this book as a premise, unless somebody has this book as the backdrop unless somebody is building something through the pages of this book it doesn't really matter it's only temporal you can afford to miss out on all of that but you can't afford to miss out on what happens between these pages you can't afford to miss out on eternity eternity is too long to get wrong I hear so much about people what they've done wrong and and when they're uh, when they're caught they're they're willing to talk about it but rarely do I hear about what they've done wrong when they're convicted about it the word will bring conviction today I know of a I know that repentance is the act of decision, but I, I, I'm not sure that, that we have a lot of remorse today. I, I'm just challenging us a little bit. I'm, I'm trying to shake us a bit today. Building, building construction is, is messy sometimes, and sometimes it's got to hurt a little bit. So I'm reminding someone that you 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 got to allow yourself to step away from a wrongdoing long enough so you can see what you've done and remind yourself, I need to have remorse over this. We're not left alone much with our thoughts. There's a constant bellering of voices for our attention from the moment that we wake up until we pillow our head. We spend our time catching up with updates in the news, social media. Our eyes are glued to screens, small and large, to get the latest and greatest in gadgetry and tools and and opportunities. We have FOMO because our heads are full of thousands of people's latest and greatest stage for camera, most awesome, best ever, fill in the blank moment. We are emphatically, deliberately, actively, purposely engaged in getting. In getting. Our presence is where, rarely where we need it to be most. People spend so much time with online presentation. It's prepared, it's postured, it's packaged, it's promoted, and it's out there. It's available. We want to be liked, approved. We want influence. We want 
someone we don't even know to like something that only happened because we were trying to impress people that don't even care. Every Sunday, I get a little report on my phone, screen time report. I have a question. How does our screen time report compare to our prayer time report? Our getting. We're so consumed with getting. Getting information, getting knowledge, getting a larger influence, getting, 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 and all that getting. Get understanding. In all of your getting, get understanding. I'm thankful for everybody that's joined us online. Uh, uh, Pastor and I have had conversations because we've talked, how do, we, how do we ensure that the church family isn't just forgetting about service? When we can only put 50 people in the room, that doesn't mean that the only service you attend is the one you're in here or there. It's important that we make this a priority. There isn't anything more important in your week. You say, that's so arrogant, Pastor Jack. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. There, there isn't anything that you would do on this phone, on your computer, that's more important than these moments that we have together. And some people are already watching the clock because it's 10-2 this morning. And sometimes we say, oh, it's not the same. As, and it's not the same. I will be the first to agree. But it's the next best thing. This is the next best thing. We're still connected at the same time. We may not be in the same place, but we have the opportunity for the Spirit of the Lord to work conglomerately. We have the opportunity for the Spirit of God to work in our city. We have the opportunity to have an impact in the spirit realm that we can't see in the natural. It's more important than whatever you might get through media, through your phone all week long. This is the most important. Can I just remind somebody this morning that the local church is the hope of the world? world can I just remind somebody of that that the most important opportunity that you have is to gather together with like precious believers and declare the power of God can I remind somebody this morning that the darker the night is the brighter the light is but it will only be bright if we're willing to let our light shine and it won't shine if we're sleeping while God is trying to work building the church let our lights shine. Come on. Let's do away with the excuses. I'm only preaching to you the way that I would want somebody to preach to me in an end time church. The only way that I would want someone to preach to me if there was an end time opportunity. The only way that I would want someone to preach to me if these were the last days. If this was a last sermon. How would I want someone to preach? I want someone to say this is your chance. This is your opportunity. The door of the ark is still open. Come on in I want to invite as many as I could I want to tell everybody that I should that God could reach them that God could save them we struggle we struggle with reading the word we struggle with spending time in in his word, we know 15 minutes a day will roughly take us through the entire Bible in a single year. 
but we struggle with that and there isn't a single episode of anything that you watch that's shorter than 15 minutes. Let me reread Solomon for us this morning. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all of thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. I know it's a little uncomfortable this morning because that's what happens when we're gaining understanding. It's also uncomfortable when you drive your bike too fast and go off the, go off the road when you can't take the corner. That gets uncomfortable. So no wonder it's, it's a little uncomfortable sometimes because the word of God challenges us. It's, it's uncomfortable because we're getting understanding. Do you know what, where understanding starts? The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. The fear of the Lord, Psalms 111 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. It's intrinsically connected by the psalmist, but don't stop there. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So Proverbs 9 and 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The fear of the Lord is directly connected not just to wisdom, but to also to understanding. You need to connect the dots with those things. We need to. Jack, I wish there was a, a little screen back there of me. I preached to Jack Lehman for a minute. Wisdom connected to understanding has the opportunity to reach us, to save us. I, I'm concerned. Here's, a, here's another concern. I, I've used the word concern a number of times intentionally this morning. I, I'm concerned that our generation has worked to include fun in everything that we do. But in so doing, we have surgically removed the word fear from our vocabulary. One of the most common commands through scripture is fear not. But that command was only required because it was an underlying fear of God in the audience of the people that were receiving the word from God. There was a fear of God that was uh, they were attent to it. They were, they were uh, accustomed to it. They, they, there was just a knowledge of God. There was an understanding of God. We're we are living in a day and we're living in an age where wrong has become right and right has become wrong. And that is why we need the word of God in our lives. We, we, will, we will never have a fear of God if we don't have the word of God at work in our hearts and in our lives. And I'm convinced that, that if God were to come today, that command may be fear God instead of fear not. I'm convinced that if, if God showed up, he'd have to remind us that a fear of him was, was priority and preeminent. We have more people that are afraid of a pandemic. They allow it to rule their lives, to do everything that they're doing. That fear of the pandemic has overcome them. It's overshadowed them. It's, it's acting in every opportunity. It's acting in every decision. It's acting in everything that they're doing. The fear of the pandemic. I, I wonder what God could do with a church that said, I'm fearing God so much that I'm allowing that fear to, to determine what I'm going 
going to do, how I'm going to act, how I'm going to react, where I'm going to go today. I I just wonder what would happen if we had just a baptism of the fear of God in our midst. I I wonder what would occur. I, I wonder what our activity would look like. I wonder how our day would start. What would happen if we were baptized with the legitimate, absolute, biblical fear of God? It's frustrating that an enemy could, could leverage the fear of a pandemic. But the church sits by unconcerned. The fear of God is as I'm not just speaking to the church today and I'm not just coming down on us. Please know my heart. But the fear of God, if it's absent, there can be no wisdom and there can be no understanding. That's why. We have got to start there. If the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, if that's where wisdom starts, if that's where understanding gets its root planted, if that's where understanding kind of begins to flourish and to grow, it begins with the fear of God. If we don't have a fear of God, if we don't have a fear uh, of what happens between the pages of this book, I, I mean a healthy fear, a reverence, An understanding that God is on the throne. An understanding that he is preeminent. An understanding that he is in control. If we refuse to acknowledge him as king of kings and lord of lords. And we set ourselves up as the ruler of our days. I wonder we are walking in the wrong direction. We are acting in the wrong decisions. We can't fulfill the will of God if we don't have a fear of God. Wisdom, remember, is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all that getting, get understanding. We all, we all need to wisen up. I went through different, I went through online lists on ways to become wise. Nowhere was the fear of God mentioned. They had how to dress to look wise. They had how to impress, dress to impress. They, they had different ways, different mantras, good, good uh, business talk, good business influence. Don't judge a book by its cover, all those kind of things. But nowhere in any of those listed, I find fear God. Maybe that's, maybe that's just too old-fashioned for us today. I don't know. Maybe, that, maybe that's passe. Maybe that doesn't fit anymore, Pastor. I don't know. I, I, I think I know. I think I know this morning. We can go back to the music. We need an understanding of a number of things. If we have a, a basic understanding, there's just a few things I want to leave with us this morning. We need, we need an understanding of the imminent return of Christ. You say, well, we don't want to scare people to death. Maybe we do. Jude wasn't uh, holding back at all. He said, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints, the eminent, unexpected, unplanned, like a thief in the night, return of Christ needs to move us. It needs to introduce an element of fear in our day because if we aren't living right and we aren't walking right and we aren't acting right, we'll get right if we have the fear that God could come back right now and I can't afford to be wrong about eternity.
He said, he's coming, he's coming. Get ready for it to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed. Man, he's just, he just kind of leveling the boom on the ungodly. And of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts and their mouths speaking great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But beloved, does that describe our world or what? But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who would walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit, but ye beloved, beloved. Come on, church, building up yourselves on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making the difference, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hate eating the garment spotted by the flesh. Now, unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Come on, what are we talking about this morning? We're talking about with all of the getting, get understanding. Remind yourselves, there's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. We need an understanding of eternity. We need a reminder that God is coming and we will spend eternity somewhere. I think we just need to pause for a moment. understanding of eternity we will stand before God one day our lives will play out on the screen into eternity and no one will protest God's judgment there'll be no getting free on a technicality we need an understanding that eternity is too long to be wrong we need an understanding of why it matters Scripture says, if thy hand offend thee, it's better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into that fire which shall never be quenched, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It's better for thee to enter, halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell and into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. He's emphasizing, he's he's pushing his point home. He's telling us, be mindful. You don't want to go to hell. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched.
there is a hell to shun. I read a story of a man. His name was Charles Peace. He was born in the early 1800s. He was a murderer. He found himself on death row. It was 1879, the end of his life. He had been sentenced to execution. It was the morning of his execution. We have history. It tells us he ate a hearty breakfast of eggs and salty bacon. He calmly awaited the coming of the public executioner. He was escorted on what they called the death walk by the the prison chaplain who was reading aloud from the consolations of religion. And in that book, it talks about the fires of hell. It's a reference to scripture. I'm treading very cautious this morning. I'm being very careful. I understand that my audience could be very distracted today and there's many interruptions but I'm wondering if you could just hear us for a few moments this morning it was that condemned murderer on that death walk by the prison chaplain when he began to hear about the fires of hell he burst out he spoke to the chaplain he said sir if I believe what you and the church of God say that you believed Even if England were covered with broken glass from coast to coast, I would walk over it, if need be, on hands and knees and think it worthwhile living just to save one soul from an eternal hell like that. If that revelation could come to a murderer on death row, one who had taken the life of another, one who... In that moment, as he began to understand the horror and the calm demeanor of the prison chaplain that was communicating it to him. He said, if I believed what you believed, then I wouldn't stop if England was covered with broken glass from coast to coast. I'd walk over it on my hands and knees if I had to, just to save one person from going to a place like that. I I wonder, church, if we could kind of allow that to embrace us because either we really do or we really don't believe about a hell that we've got to shun today. Either we really do or we don't. Either we do believe there's a heaven that we can go to and there's a hell that we can avoid and we need to to tell everybody that we can't about that place so that they don't end up there. Do we believe that today? I'm just wondering the fear you say. Pastor Jack, you're talking awful rough this morning. You're preaching awful hard today. You're, You're hellfire and brimstone. Well, it does say that some saved by fear and I'm convinced that sometimes we major on compassion and we step aside of fear because we're we're too afraid of someone judging us or someone condemning us I'm telling us today I'm afraid about going to a place like that so we need an understanding of eternity because it will guide us and it will guard us We need an understanding that there is a heaven to gain. There's walls of jasper, gates of pearl, streets like gold, a city where the lamb is the light, where the people of God who have come through, the overcomers, the trial endurers, 
the heaven gainers. I believe there's a place like that this morning. And if there's a place like that, I'm going to do everything in our power to reach it. I'm going to do everything in our power to preach it. We're going to do everything in our power to talk about it. Because if that's there to gain, then why would we ever want to miss out? There's no purgatory. There's no in-between. There's no middle ground. It's either heaven or hell. There's even a, either a hell to shun and a heaven to gain or there's nothing at all. I, I just want to head that way. I want to make preparation. I'm making my plans to make it. I'm going there. I'm going where the city, come on, I'm going where the city, the, the streets are paved with gold. I'm going to that, that new Jerusalem that descended, that John saw. I want to go there. Does anybody want to go there with me this morning? I want to go there and we will if we have an understanding of sin because sinning souls die souls that sin die it's there Ezekiel 18 4 Ezekiel 18 20 the soul that sinneth it shall die sin brings death there's no other way around it but we also know that he came to bring us life today. If we need an understanding of heaven, we need an understanding of hell, we need an understanding of eternity, we need an understanding of sin, but can I just remind us all that we have an understanding about salvation today? Acts 2.37, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, remember this is, this is what Jesus is going to build his church on. Someone say build. Men and brethren, what shall we do? What do we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There is a place of salvation. We need an understanding of the Savior. We need an understanding of salvation for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Just a reminder, we'll close in my last page. The blood still works. It heals, it delivers. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The blood still works. His grace is enough. He said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. His mercy was new this morning. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the God that we serve today. Would you stand together with me? Finally, Isaiah said, Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Bozrah? This, that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save his might could be used to fight but rather he chooses to use his might to save his might is for the fight of salvation his might is used to ward off the enemy his might is to make room in a morning just like this so somebody could clearly hear the word of god the voice of god could speak it could pull somebody back from the burning it could reach someone that's falling off into a devil's hell god's voice could speak this morning and reach someone today and pull them back from the brink i believe that that is what god can do his might is to save we already mentioned it but finally all of this 
It's in his word. Read the word. Eat the word. Live the word. Be the word. Peter lived different with the understanding of who Christ was. That key unlocked the door to all the promises, all the teaching, all the history, all the prophetic. And church, we'll live different when we have that understanding as well. When we allow that revelation to be more than just something that's written in pages, but written in the tables of our heart this morning. If you're looking for perfect, you won't find it behind the pulpit this morning. You won't find it in the pew today. But if you're looking for grace, if you're looking for mercy, you can find it all over this room. I wonder if someone could just echo what we spoke this morning and say, I, I know what we're talking about, Pastor Jack. I, I know what you're preaching about today. We need a reminder. We need a refresher every now and then. We need emphasis to come our way. We need courage to be spoken into our being. We need the Word of God to stand us up and to send us on a mission to save today. Can we sing it together?